name. Well, let's go over and flip over to the book of Philippians. Philippians. We finished Ephesians last week, and Philippians, we're getting to the shorter works. Remember, these works are in order of length, according to uh, Paul's writings. Uh, Philippians. The town of Philippi is where that five is right there. Philippians, the town of Philippi. Um, the town itself is actually named for uh, Philip II of Macedonia, the father of Alexander the Great, who settled there, settled this town after battles in the region. And um, this is another important city because of its location. On the major roadway going from the east to the west. As it travels here. So it's a trade zone. That's why Paul, God uses Paul in these areas. Because it's a trade zone. If Paul settles and spreads God, it's going to continue to spread along the um, Via Ignatia. The, um, the major road there. Um, Route 40 going through the area. Um, so um, it's a trade zone. All right. Introduction. The passage begins with the introduction. Uh, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace from you are peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Paul, notice it's Paul and Timothy that write this one. Um, this passage, this, this book, is really about um, preparing for impending visits to the area of Philippi. Um, there's a, a man named, um, I'm going to mispronounce this, I always do, Epip. For uh, Frodius, which is um, a a personal aid to Paul, um, he's going to be sent back to Philippi for health reasons, and he's going to send. He's going to be the one who carries this letter to uh, the Church of Philippi. Um, Timothy, yeah, Paul is planning on Tim, uh, on planning uh, sending on Timothy with. This guy, so he's going to be preaching in the area. And Paul himself wished to be able to return, um, even though he was probably imprisoned at the point of writing this. So he's hoping that he gets to return, though um, he may not be able to because, uh, well, we know he doesn't, but 
he's hoping that he's able to return through this. Um, but it's preparing them is to update the Philippians uh, um, of Paul's circumstance. We're going to spend some time on Paul's circumstance in this. Um, Paul was supported financially through this church, and he's going to visit a number of times, so he's going to have some personal relationships that he's going to want to reach out to in this book. Paul shows a great deal of pastoral concern for this church and um, seeks to promote harmony among the quarreling in this church. So we begin with the introduction that goes through chapter 11, I mean verse 11. I like um, verses 9 through 11 uh, in this passage. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ filled with the fruit of the righteousness that it comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of and praise of God. You know, I pray that for you guys all quite often, that you guys will be, um, that your love will abound for, for one another and for the town and for the people and that you'll be able to discern the right. Because there's a lot of, a lot of wrong out there. So I pray this for you guys all the time. Um, I've never been very good at praying scriptures. But uh, my father-in-law was teaching me quite a bit about praying scriptures. And, uh, and uh, I appreciate what he's done for me in teaching me how to pray the scriptures for people. And this is one of those things I come across. I use this passage to pray for you guys often. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a passage that I come to often. And I apologize for that. I did not turn my phone on silent. Let me do that right now. All right. Um, so then he's going to give a biographical prologue uh, where he presents his, his circumstances in serving the gospel. Uh, this is where he has that famous passage. A lot of you know where he starts talking about things like, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because remember, he's in prison at this point. And so he's starting to think, well, I want to live. I want him to come back and see you. But the reality, I might die. And he has to come, we have to think about that. Is, you know, so he, he says that famous passage, to die is to gain. Um, not promoting suicide. Because he knows that to live is for Christ. But that he's coming to the realization that if he is to die, life or death, he's going to be in God's will. And so he's going to give his circumstance that he is is dealing with this. And he's going to um, encourage a, a, a lifestyle worthy of the gospel of Christ.
I mean, um, we could read all of chapter 2, but um, if you have any encourage, uh, uh, encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, any fellowship of spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambitious or vain uh, conceit, but in humanity consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not to your own interest, but also the interest of others, for your attitude should be like the same as Christ Jesus. Something we should remember today, right? Um, and then he gives kind of a, a hymn, right? Uh, who being in the very nature of God, not considered e- uh, equality but with God, something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, lacking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found appearance and obedience and uh, he continues on with this, this just being, he wants, he wants us to be Continue. He wants the church of uh, Philippi to 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 live the life that is about Christ. Do everything without complaining, argument, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and uh, depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Oh, isn't that beautiful right there? Oh, I love that. Do everything without complaining or arguing. How many of you guys need to work on that one? Um, you know, I laugh. Every time I say something like that, it's always the spouse. It's always one spouse that points to the other one. Um, it, it, every relate it's, it's all it is you know it, it's it, it doesn't matter sometimes it's the man sometimes it's the woman but there's always that one that points to the other one do everything without complaining because um, um, it's never about me it's about them <laughs> um. <laughs> um. And then he's going to continue on as he talks to about Timothy and uh, Epaphroditus. I told you I can't pronounce that name. Um, um, but anyways, they're going to, you know, he's going to warn against false teachings contrary to the Gospels. Because this is already he's brought the Gospel and it's not even been three years yet. And there's already false teachings in. That just goes to how fast this is happening. As we as we look at even in, uh, as church history, and we look the you know Jesus hasn't been dead that long now, and there's already false teachings coming in. It's just one of those things that happens right away. That's where we have to constantly be on guard. We have to be constantly on guard for. Um, for false teachings because it happens very quickly. And it can sneak up on us. It sure can. You're watching someone you even trust and 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 mostly agree with, and then something they pop up, and they're like, "Whoa, I'm not sure that's you know that's biblical." But if you just if you don't question it, 
know, they got led astray by someone else, and they didn't, you know, they missed it, because we all have, you know, we're all disciples of other people, right? That's how we learn. So be careful of lifestyle, uh, of, of, of things that go against the, the Gospels. Um... In chapter 3, what is this, verse uh, 13. But one thing I do, forget what, uh, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press towards the goal with the prize which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. And that's something we always be doing, pressing forward, pressing forward. I hear so often, I wish things were the way they used to be. I think that's normal as people age, right? We want them to be the way they used to be. I think passages like this remind us that they can't be the way they used to be. We don't have, you know, forgetting what is past. Let's move forward. Um, And what better time to hear a word like that when we have this COVID going on and people are like, well, we got, you know, let's let's go back to the way things were. Ah. It's not about the way things were. We're moving forward. Let's go back to go to the way things are going to be. Christ Jesus is going to make it better. So we're going to make it better. Um, let's see, what do we got? Four is applications of earlier themes. He kind of repeats himself. Um, this is where that famous passage in, in, in Rejoice in the Lord Always and the Lord... Some of you guys are already singing. I hear it. <laughs> rejoice in the, word, uh, the Lord Always. And uh, again, I will say rejoice. Uh, some of you guys are already starting to sing that, that song. Um, but um, then he'll end in uh, 410 through 20 with gratitude for partnerships and spreading the gospels he's very thankful for the people um, this is also where that famous passage he's, t- he's thanking people but he also thanks God I can do everything through him who gives me strength that's one of those famous passages right I can do this um, it puts it in a as perspective in, in, that we realize that he's heading towards death and he wants to come home, but he probably, but he knows that he very well not be coming home. I can do this. I can do all things through God who strengthens me. It's not I can do all things that I want to do. I, it has nothing to do about hitting home runs or scoring touchdowns. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. If He, if I'm in His will, I can do this. And He's, He's, I can spread the gospel even though I know I'm heading towards death. I can do this because God is there with me, and that's 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 something that's strength. That's something there's there's glory in that. That's why we have to keep it in its proper context, right? Because you know, I I, I saw a, <laughs> I remember in high school a, a guy had a a T-shirt that said, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me," and he kept talking about how he was going to be the next Michael Jordan because Christ was going to strengthen him. And I'm like, that's not exactly what that passage is talking about there, is it? It has nothing to do with you shooting hoops. <laughs> Paul was heading to the cross. I can do this. 
Um, as far as I know, he never got past college ball. But, um, yes, it is. I can do all things. It's, I can do this. And, and it's also a word of encouragement for Paul is encouraged by this because he's making the statement, I can do this. The church is supposed to be required of this because they know that, like him, they, if they're in God's will, they can do it too. But also they're encouraged by the fact that he can do it because they're worried about him. So there's, there's, so this is a triple threat there, really. This is a word of encouragement for, in three different ways. It's not just seen as one different way. They're encouraged because he can do this. As they're worried about their friend and mentor in many ways. And, he's show, and, show, and if you read this passage, the, this whole thing, it reads like he's concerned for them as a pastor is concerned for a church. He's very much pastorally cared. So he's worried about the church. And they are obviously under his disciples, and he's and so they're worried about him too. I can do this. So there's there's words of encouragement there. Um, and he closes with a pretty common um, greeting, um, greeting all the saints and uh, the brothers who are with me. Send greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong in Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. Amen. Beautiful passage. Um, I'm going to end and go to Colossians, but one more thing. In the passage itself... And in the time period, there are actually three groups that are considered enemies of the gospel. Rome, because it's the head of the, you know, Rome itself. Troublemakers, advocates of the false gospels. Um, kind of similar to what he said in Galatians. And he'll talk about mutilators in this passage. Um, people who combine faith in Christ with old rituals. Um, like circumcision, people that cut the body. Now, is he just talking about circumcision? Maybe. But there are other passages, that, other ways that people worship in cutting themselves as well. Um, church history is full of some, some things. Um, I remember reading this one uh, group of Catholics um, they believed that as Christ suffered, so did they. So they whipped themselves with um, with whips, and so they would tear the skin on their backs, and so they would do this to themselves. Um, the cat of nine tails. Um, it's a whip. There's a, there's a there's an Italian word for it too, but I don't know what it is. A Latin word. Um, mm-hmm. For their sins, and like Christ suffered, they suffer. So they, um, I've heard of Christians putting glass in their shoes and walking. Um, one guy um, um, wanted to uh, castrate himself, uh, become a eunuch, um, because he believed that his lust was causing him to sin, and so the best way to solve that problem was to cut everything off. 
Um, he was stopped by a friend. Uh, <laughs> um, um, but I'm sure others weren't stopped by friends. Um, you know, but mutilators, uh, you know, um, But also in the book of Philippians, uh, people against uh, enemies of the gospel is also the Philippians themselves. They're fighting within themselves and um, a boat at war with itself, you know, can't win. You know, can't go anywhere. Why would anyone want to get on? I think that's one of the reasons we see a lot of people leaving leaving the church together, altogether in the United States right now is because we're at war with each other. And in some places, it's rightfully so. We've had people come into the church and abuse others and hurt others and neglect others and teach false doctrines, and we've let them in. And we've done, not kicked them out for too long. And so we see this war, kind of this imploding going on right now. We've had too much negative, you know, negative things going on. So... Anyways, Colossians, next book, uh, Colossae is in number six, right here. So it's, it's close to Galatia, so we went... Galatians and then Ephesians and Philippians and then back to Colossae. Um, <laughs> this site has never been excavated archaeologically. So we don't know that much about the city. So that's kind of an interesting um, uh, interesting tidbit. It's located east-southeast of Ephesians we do know that it's plagued by earthquakes. Um, Paul is not the one who started the church. So he did not start this church, but he is writing to the church. Uh, a fairly short letter compared to some of these other ones we've got, right? That's why some of you guys have read this one. Like, I can read that one, it's short. Um, let's see did I put the outline in there yeah there it is right there okay Um, it's written much in it's a letter it's it's in the form of a Hellenistic or a Greek letter with its salutation, the thanksgiving, a prayer, then the body passage, and the conclusion. So it very much follows a Hellenistic or a Greek form of a letter, how you would write a letter at that time. Um, in this situation, it's uh, salutation is one and two. The thanksgiving and prayer is three through 14. Uh, the body is one fifteen to three four, 
and then there's a series of ethical exhortations and instructions, which would still be in the body on this letter, but it's, I pulled it out because it's a little different. And then there's a closing in 4, 7 through 18, where he has some final greetings. Uh, the purpose is, um, I guess, twofold as you read this passage. He's got a purpose of assuring the Colossians of his interest and that he cares, um, even though he didn't start this church. And he's also concerned with false teachers. Going through the whole area, there's false teachers. So he doesn't want that false teaching to spread. Um, so this one begins, Paul, the apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to, and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brother in Christ at Colossae. Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. He'll thank them. Um, it's in verse 15 that it really starts getting into bitter, where he starts talking about the supremacy of Christ. We assume that, that one of the things he reason he's talking about the supremacy of Christ here is because he's responding to some of the false teachers that has gotten his way, that he's heard of. No, probably not. It was probably a man, um, Epaphras, I think, is uh, who they believe is is the one who started it, Epaphras. Probably more than just the one in the area, but and remember that a lot of these areas were. I mean, Paul may have started some of these churches, and some of them he just grew into actual churches because the word of Christ was taken as because they they were. In, if you remember back in Acts chapter uh, one and through three, they're at, already they've come back for the Pentecost, and then they go back to their homes. So they were all gathered in Jerusalem, and then they go back. And so they're taking Christ with them as they go back. So a lot of these areas have already had Christian foundations because of the Jews that were already there. And then it's spreading to the Gentiles as well. Um... Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, invisible and the visible and the invisible, whether um, thrones of powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. See, a lot of the false teachings teach that either Jesus was just a man who was appointed a prophet or that he was not really man. But 
in this passage, he's talking about how God was there before. He's not a new God. He was there before. Through him, all things were created. He is the, the logos that, that John speaks about, um, the word, uh, logos. Um, he is um, the, the, the I am. It's through him all things were created. Uh, see the church he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that everything he might have supremacy for God was pleased to have all his faithless dwell in him and through him all reconciled to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in our minds. Who's he talking about here? Gentiles. That's right. He's talking about the Gentile church. Once you were enemies in our minds. Notice it was in our minds, not in reality. You were enemies in our minds. But you were alienated from God because of your evil behavior. But now... He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in the sight without blemish and flee from, uh, free from accusation if you continue in your faith, establish a firm not moving from the hope held out in the gospel. So you were alienated now because of Christ here in the body. That's fantastic, isn't it? Um, I don't know what all I want to read of Colossians. Short enough, we could read the whole thing, right? Um, it's beautiful, too. But I guess chapter 3 is where things get a little different. Um, well, he doesn't just talk about Christ. He talks about rules for holy living. So he talks about putting to death things of uh, of the old ways because you have been because he talks he continues on in that vein as he talks about how you were grafted in you once were alienated and he continues on in that vein but because you are not alien anymore you have been raised with Christ set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated. On the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is, who is your life, appears when you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual uh, sexual immorality um, impurity lust evil desires and greed which is idolatry uh, sexual immorality is one of those words that's really ambiguous because it depends on when the person wrote it as to what they mean by that word um, that's just one of those things. Sexual immorality changes from time to time according to the society. I mean, think about 
different societies here in the, uh, in the, in the world around us, right? Um, the United States is pretty open about sexual, but we still find some things to be immoral that other countries don't. But then other countries, if you show ankle, you're being sexually impure. Um, so it's, it depends on, uh, so that, that word is really ambiguous depending on where you're, you know, who, who's writing it and when they're writing it. The idea is, is, is being pure though. Uh, Jesus talks about just getting rid of lust. That's, that's the way to really solve it is get rid of lust. Um, evil desires, greed, idolatry, impurities. Um, because of the, the wrath of God is coming, you used to walk in these ways in life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Um, once again, uh, I, 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 I want to caution, this is not talking about using the F word. That's not what this passage is about. Though we guess we could use it that way, but it's about letting pure, filthous rubbish come out of your mouth. Pure is things that are uplifting. So let the things that are of God come out of your mouth and not the things that aren't. So it's more, it's, 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 more, it's, it's not just saying bad words. If you just limit it to that, then you're not really getting the, the message that it's trying to say there. It's trying to be more than that. There you go. Speaking life and being encouraging. Absolutely. Because that's why it says, that's, that's what the opposite of, of, of filth coming out of your mouth, right? Filth is, is, is rubbish. Um, um, more like what comes out of pig, pig pen. That's rubbish coming out of your mouth. Um, this is build each other up. Be pure. Well, absolutely, James will talk about that. He'll talk about that, you know, what we're putting in comes out. No man can contain the tongue. It's a reckless fire. So we must uh, constantly be fighting about that. Um, that'll be later in the book of James. Um, as as we, we learn what filthy language is from our lips, it's, it, what comes in is going to come out. Um, so, but it's more than just, like I said, I want to I emphasize it's more than just cuss words. It's also negativity. It's downgrading someone. Let no, none of that filth come out. Be uplifting to one another. Okay. Well, I don't remember that phrase. <laughs> garbage in, garbage out. Um... Do not lie to each other, since you have taken your old self with its practice and we have put on new self, in which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of the Creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. 
Therefore, as God, chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself in compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness, and patience. This is actually amazing against the Roman hierarchy. See, the Roman society is very much divided into a caste system. The best are on top, and it goes down. And as we have that caste system, and here he's saying there's no Greek, no barbarian, no Jew, no free, no slave. You're all one in Christ. That is a huge statement against the, that Roman way of life. It sure does. It levels the playing field and um, you know, there's no holy and, it's, and the unholy. It's just God and all of us, right? Uh, <laughs> but um, it's, uh, you know, and, and that, that allows the church, and I love this, because it allows the church to be so eclectic. As we have people that have money and those who do not have money, we have people that are from affluence and not from affluence, education and not education, uh, different uh, cultural backgrounds and countries and languages and all come together in one unity, which is Christ. And that's why churches are some of the most eclectic places because they span against all that. There's not that hierarchy. It's one of the places which should be one of those places where that hierarchy doesn't exist. And so that's an amazing thing. Um, and when we find it in churches, we need to make sure that we're not, um, that we fight against that because it isn't about who's better and who's not. It's about, um, it's about Christ. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have because, I like that, because we're all in Christ and he is, it's, it's God and all of us are over here in one pile. It's not a hierarchy. We're all over here in one pile. Therefore, we all need the grace. And it allows us to show grace to each other because we know we all are in that boat. We all need that grace. So show forgiveness as the Lord forgave you. And over these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So he'll talk about showing compassion and gentleness and kindness and patience and humility as he talks about um, So yeah, um, and he'll also cover that rules for Christian household, which goes back, we already talked about that in Ephesians, I'm going to go ahead and skip that because we already talked about that, it's just repeated um, in a, actually a more consistent way, but it's about following Christ, leading other people to Christ. So devote yourself to prayer, be watchful and thankful and praying for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which 
I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace and seasons with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Um, when it says full of salt, it doesn't mean being salty like we use it today. That's not what it means. Salt is a preservative. It was life-giving. It was good. Encouraged. It's, it's a word of being, providing a, a preservation of life. Not, not salty like we use it today. That's not what we're talking about. I'm going to throw that out there. Um, we have about 15 minutes. I'm going to talk about Thessalonians next time. This time we're going to go, let's, let's skip on over to Philemon. We can do Philemon real quick. I just skipped right past it. Let me go back. There it is. It's so short that I missed it. Um, Philemon. Um, Philemon deals with a runaway slave named um, Anismius. And... um, Philemon is um, Philemon seems to be a personal acquaintance of Paul, who lives in Colossae, which is why I'm putting it right here, because he seems to live in Colossae, and he owns slaves, which is common in the Roman world. Um, and Onesimus ran away from his duties under Philemon, which is a serious crime. Um, the punishment for running away from your, from your slavehood could include um, burning, branding, maiming, or even death. Um, so, um, Onesius um, runs away and finds Paul and becomes a Christian. And under Paul's tutelage, he decides and under he, that he's going to return to his master and straighten things out. Which is amazingly difficult. In, my, in our personal society right now, I find this, you know, the fact that he even has slaves abhorrent, but it was... And then wanting like him to return, and he knows as he returns to, he could face branding, burning, mutilation, or even death. Imagine the fear you would be facing. We're not just talking about if I get caught, I might do a few years in jail. I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to face possible death. And so this letter is Paul writes to Philemon, urging him for mercy 
Um, and even to the point where he might give Onesimus his freedom rightfully. Um, let's, let's read a, 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 few, a little bit of this. Um, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brothers. Notice he's putting himself as a prisoner. He's putting him on the same plane as Onesimus. I'm a prisoner. He probably is in prison at this time, but I'm a prisoner. He, I'm on the lower class cell than, um, than you are. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, um, to Alphea, our sister, and um, our fellow soldiers, and grace and peace be granted to you. Is I always thank God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about how your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, and I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. So he builds them up. I thank God for you. I think you're a great person. Therefore, although in Christ I could be, be, be bold and order you to do what you ought to do. Notice he says, he says, I could order you to do this. I appeal to you on the basis of love, then as Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my, to, for my son, and he places Onesius under his care as his son. This is my son. He's placing him under his authority, his care, his privilege, and his place. That's big words. Who became my son while I was in your cha- while I was in change? Formerly he was um, useless to you, but now he has become useful to both you and to me. I am sending him. I'm sending him who is m- my very heart back to you, and I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your your place in helping me while I am in change. For the gospel, but I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do, you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. So he's encouraging him to stop. Treating him, stop using him as a slave. Free him. Look at him as you like your brother in Christ. Um, you know, with passages like this, it's no wonder they stopped. They didn't want uh, the Bible to be read in times of slavery uh, here in the United States. They used passages to influence and to keep slaves, but then they didn't want it being read. Which, you know, because. Passes like that says, I don't want you to look at him as a slave. He is a dear he is dear to me, even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. 
I, Paul, I am writing with this my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your, me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from, from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ, confidence of your obedience. I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. So there's a great deal of intercession going on for him as he's taking, he's, he's uh, I'm going to pay his price. Um, this is a, a wonderful, uh, Paul is, is the Jesus for Aeneas. He's, he's the one standing in his place. I want to pay the price. Free him. He's acting like Jesus in this place. And one more thing. Prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you and answer your prayers. Um, Epiphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, Jesus sends you greetings, and so do Mark, uh, Articurus, and Nemus, and Luke, my fellow workers. The greeting of Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. Um, yeah. So that's Philemon. Nice short passage to, but in the to back to the church of Colossae. His name, uh, Philemon, you mean, or um, I think it does mean useful, uh, something like that. Um, I'd have to look that up. My Greek is not where it needs to be. That's why I'm taking Greek next. Um, but I'd have to look that up. But it, I think you're right. I think it does mean something like that. And that's why he talks about being him being useful and useless and useful. And um, But um, I'd have to look that up. All right, well, do we have any questions, comments, concern? I'm going to call it for the night. And remember, there will be no next Tuesday night. Tuesday morning, yes. Tuesday night, no. All right. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I praise you today, Lord. I thank you for this wonderful blessing, Lord. I pray that you help us just focus on you. And I pray that we may be followers after you. Lord, that we put to death whatever is, is wrong and, and impure, and that we may live a life according to you. Lord, that, um, that we forget what is behind and look forward with rejoicing, that we may... Um, that we may forward, may move according to your will, and that um, that we may be able to discern what is pure and blameless for your glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.